0: Greetings, Quester, and welcome to the Quest Report with Matt and Richard.
1: And now on the Quest Report, we're going to talk about a game called Shadow of the Aldergods. So, this is from Laboratory Games. This was a successful Kickstarter from a few years ago, and it's one of the games I came home from the UK Games Expo with. i want to bring them by. So, someone watching this, this might actually be have been your copy at some point who knows Ah, look what you gave up (laughs) (laughs) we're enjoying it now (laughs) this is obviously a lovecraftian game um a lot smaller in nature than a lot of the uh, lovecraftian games that people will be familiar with because it's only a small a small board with five different locations Mm -hmm. uh and we have our little standees for our characters Uh, which will move about those locations yeah and the aim of this game is to stop the th- the th- go through the threat deck and uh, remove the threats, isn't it?
0: Yes. So there's basically four scenarios, but then there's a lot of random elements in that. Mm-hmm. The including scenario- the random icon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you set up the threat deck, and you do that by first of all choosing which elder god you're going to be facing. Mm-hmm. The first one is the one that begins with an N.
1: I mean, no,
0: yeah, that is the guy, oh, it's over here, so we've got There's these... also
1: Yogg-Sothoth is one of the other ones, isn't it,
0: yeah, so the one that' we're... Oh, no no no, 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 it was actually uh that oh, okay. we started with, now, the fact that I forgot who it was, um, just shows that we didn't actually get as far as fighting this thing, <laughs> <laughs> but um On any of the multiple games we played. No, no, but we ended up getting very close on the mm. on the last time. Just before I think we, we were, gave up,
1: another turn would have allowed us to have won the game last time. <laughs> yeah, I
0: but we en- we died on the
1: particular
0: turn. We, did. we were on. No, um, so this one is. It says in the rules that this one's kind of the easiest one to go yeah. for, and, and we
1: still didn't beat it.
0: No, uh, like as you said, there's also um, Yogg-Sothoth, and there's also Cthulhu, and he is the most difficult one mm. to. To fight. The um, Nyarlathotep one, I remembered that because he's the one that is very weird and you can't tell how difficult or easy the game's going to be with him because it messes it up so much. So, yeah, first of all, you set up the threat deck and you do that with various random cards. Some of them are random and some of them are specific to that scenario. And the number of players. Yes, yeah, you have a little chart of like which difficulty cards you put where now they are random and well the little kind of in-between ones are anyway but you always start with the card of the one you're going to mm-hmm. fight but you start with the back of it now the threat deck works in a really weird way but it's cool um and it starts off with like what kicks off your investigation so for us it was the living mummy card and there's this picture of a Uh, Smiling. Well, he looks like he was smiling, but he's actually not, is he? Some kind of dead guy. And it says, Police found a mummified body with leathery skin. Somehow the victim is alive. While the citizenry is baffled, we prepare. So that's basically what kicked off. And then you put that card to the bottom of the deck. And on the opposite side of it, there's going to be your final fight with, Mm. with the boss. So the way the threat deck works is that there'll be an Arkham threat at the top which will probably be that there'll be some corruption somewhere or somebody gets a bit of madness, Mm. one of the characters does, something like that and they are fairly bad but there is also shadow threats which are hidden, Mm. they're kind of things that are actually happening behind the scenes that the, the citizens don't really know about but we do because we are investigating the weird goings on but we also have the, the Ring, Ring
1: of Shadows. Yes,
0: yes, which is very Lord of the rings Yeah. And only one character can have this. Now, this is a very special card. And this is basically the main thing about this game, is that as a group, we have found the Ring of Shadows, mm. or it has found us. <laughs> so, <laughs> and basically, one of us will have it, uh, basically whoever starts as the first player. But if you ever use it, you get a shadow token, which is a little eye. And if you have three of those, you can't use it anymore. Um, But every time you have a turn when you don't have the ring, you take away a shadow. So so basically it starts corrupting you as you use it, but then if you give it to somebody else, then- They'll be corrupted
1: and your corruption goes down.
0: Yeah, basically it ends up being kind of a little bit more okay. Um, And with the shadow ring, you can use it to find out what the shadow threat is. And the threat deck works in a weird way, but if you follow the instructions, you'll be fine you just kind of turn it over like the entire deck and whatever it says on the back that is what your current threat shadow threat is and then you can spend a certain amount of knowledge to get rid of it at which point you go on to the next arkham threat so you can't actually get rid of arkham threats you can get rid of the associated shadow threat and that moves you on to the next one you basically just have to get through all this deck to win the game we only got through the first few, the first time, the second time and uh, the third time we played we managed to get past nearly all of them and it battered us.
1: I think what we've said so far, it might uh, sound like the game is more in-depth than we actually... It's on your turn, you can take three actions, can't you? Yeah, well, so these are
0: the mechanics, I'm just going... Yeah. I was going you're going strikes. into the
1: theme, You're going. you're going for the theme of the game. Yeah. So, looking at the mechanics, there's different actions you can take. Uh, you can travel from one location to another location. Uh, you can, If you are with, in a location with another player, you can give them uh, one or more resources. Including the ring. Yeah. You can spend one of your knowledge, because there's four kinds of resources here. Mm-hmm. You've got knowledge, madness, bills, which is how many money bills you've got, and <laughs> muscle. So you can pass some of those resources on to another player. You can heal... Uh, using those resources by spending a knowledge to decrease your madness because if you finish your turn with five or more madness then you're at you know the, we've lost the game you can take a clear action which means taking some of these corruption tokens that look suspiciously like cultists off of a location that's what
0: they're meant to be because you use yeah. muscle to get rid
1: of them which is like yeah. your hired goons beating them up yeah beating up the cultists because mm. um, if you, if at the end of any round there's ten of these or more on a location then, again, it's the end of the game, so you've got to spend muscle to clear that. And also, you can acquire. Now, each of these locations, this, each of these five locations, will let you uh, do something. So you can, for example, go to Miskatonic University and do research, and you gain a knowledge. Or you can go to the First Bank of Arkham and gain some bills. Yeah. You can go to the Church Street Game Club and gain a muscle by spending money. You can go to Arkham Police and gain muscle uh, for, knowledge. for knowledge and that's a mentality. random amount because you have to draw a card to tell you how much of that you get mm-hmm. or you can go to Minnie's Roadhouse which allows you to uh, buy or sell so you can buy knowledge using a bill and mm-hmm. again it's a random amount or you can gain random amount of bills for knowledge now while at these different locations as well at the above the location deck you're going to be drawing and playing asset cards and these can only be bought. It will tell you what the, what, it, which, what the card is. so this one, for example, is a bank account. It tells you what ability that allows you to use, and it'll tell you whereabouts that it can be bought from. You can't buy it from anywhere else, so you have to go to a specific location to buy that before that card is you know replaced with another card on the next turn. Yeah and you... some of them are, are relatively okay, but I think the best one out of it was the automobile asset which I bought, which allowed me to travel without spending an action.
0: The start of every game was Matt going to the bank, drawing out enough money to buy the car, (laughs) then buying the car, and it was actually quite a big advantage after that, because you could just kind of go wherever you wanted. (laughs) You didn't have to use any actions on moving.
1: Um, Now, on the cards, you have, along each four sides, you have some stats between 0 and 10, which, as we say, are those four resources. And you're meant to track that using these little clips that, that, that come with it. But I just can't help but feel that over time that's going to damage the card, and it looks pretty crummy. So yeah. I actually used uh, some scythe metal tokens uh, for these, because obviously the scythe metal tokens are based on old Chinese coins. They're circular with a hole in the middle. The blue it, ones we used, yeah. That's really right, nice. and it just, it's a really nice way of tracking it, just by moving the coin up and down and letting the, the, the uh, number show through that hole. But... All in all, each of these characters that we have has a particular ability as well. So, for example, mine was Deep Lineage. I take one less, less Madness when receiving it. And most of the time, I was only ever getting one Madness. So it was just avoiding Madness altogether all for me at most of the game. Because yes. once you gain so much Madness, you lose your special ability. No, 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 you, if you gain any Madness. Yeah. Which is... Annoying because, yeah. like, I
0: would gain one madness, and I was Dr. Henry Armitage, and I was allowed to go to the, I was at the, at the university. I would gain two knowledge instead of one, and, but like, a lot of the time I'd just gained one madness because I had the flipping ring, <laughs> and the um, the threat card was targeting whoever had the wing, the ring. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. But overall, I felt like when we were playing this, that it was quite a lot of rinse and repeat for me mm-hmm. you were moving to a different location you to kept get buying resources <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i was i was having to think oh i've got to go and get money to get to get something uh, mm. and so maybe i'm going to get money so that i can hire some muscle so i can get rid of some corruption and it's kind of a bit of a becomes a bit of a cycle yeah um but i still enjoyed it that yeah. was what surprised me actually because a lot of the time even though that it felt kind of repetitive Um, It was to get rid of a threat card. So it wasn't like you were doing the same repetitive action, you know, for the whole game. You were doing it for a little while while you were countering, like, the threat card giving you lots of corruption or something like that. You'd get rid of the threat and then you'd be countering something else. And it just felt like constantly you were trying to keep on top of a particular situation. Um, Which actually isn't that bad. But even though there's not much variance in what mechanically what you're doing... Mm -hmm it still felt thematically enjoyable.
0: Yes, it did feel... I felt it felt like uh, quite thematic, like you say. And although we ended up doing very similar things, I felt like we specialised a bit Mm. because our characters had different abilities. And it just made them... It it kind of was a good idea for us to do that anyway. I kind of kept feeling like I should be helping you and Heather to... Like, I should get some bills and buy some muscle to be able to get rid of some mm. corruption. But then I thought, well, you two are, are doing that, and I could stay in the university and keep gaining knowledge to get rid of the actual threat, because mm. that's generally you can use use knowledge to do that. So I think because you are quite limited in what you can do each turn, yeah. like how many resources you can get, I think it did kind of encourage teamwork mm. in that way, and uh, I, I did enjoy that. aspect
1: of it it's as far as Arkham games go and Cthulhu games go this is very light isn't it I mean
0: Mm.
1: the um it make thematically it works well with the mechanics um it's a very light game I do feel like it takes longer than it should for what it is Mm -hmm. I think when we looked at the box and we thought oh it's 20 minutes and then we started playing and realized it's 20 minutes per player and thought that's probably fair
0: Yeah, though we died in 10 minutes to
1: start with. Yeah, (laughs) we played this several times, and we nearly beat it on the last time we played it. But I do feel that this takes longer than it should for what it is, but I was still enjoying it. I wasn't getting to that point and thinking, can we just finish this and move on to something else? I was still actually actively enjoying playing and still trying to win. Um, But it does feel like it could have been, I don't know, somehow... Shorten maybe a few less threats to make it a shorter game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, maybe. And I suppose
1: you could house rule that you could just remove say Okay, we've got the deck made. We'll remove one random threat or even two random threats um, and then you'd move through the game a lot faster uh, because you, you, You're constantly resetting aren't you because you're spending the resources that you've accrued to get rid of one threat and then you've got to build up your resources to deal with the next threat so you're constantly resetting where you are so I think it wouldn't have made that much difference to have a few less threats and it would shorten the game maybe make it more enjoyable in doing so but as it was we played the full game and I enjoyed it Mm. so this is one that I think whether you like Lovecraft or not you you can still enjoy this uh, as a light game
0: yeah, and yet the the rules can take a little bit of a while to explain, so I think if somebody wanted just a light game, there are ones that are easier to get into, and I, I would think it's a light game definitely for people that like Lovecraft. Like I think we
1: do. the rules are fairly straightforward in the sense of what you can do on your turn. Mm. I think it's when you start thinking about maybe the Ring of Shadows and the, how the various threats work that you need to think about it a little bit more, but mechanically you've got five options really. You can go to a location and do one of five things, or each location has its own thing that you can do as well. So, yeah. And you get a handy little reference card that helps you understand that. So I think that point of view, I felt it was very easy to know what I could do on my turn, Yeah, that wasn't really an issue. But as I say, some people don't like Lovecraft, but then obviously many people do because of how many Lovecrafting games that are constantly being made and sold. Yeah. So as as a fuller game, this is quite a handy travel size, and I could play this solo probably and quite enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Um. There's a couple other things I wanted to mention. Uh, When you have got the Ring of Shadows, you also have a shadow ability that you can use. Yes. And every
1: player has one.
0: Yeah, and now there's only four cards in the game because it's a maximum of four players. So and they're randomly dealt out. Aren't randomly they? dealt out. So you've got a, a um, carrot who has his own ability, but then he also has his own shadow ability, which he can use when he has the ring. Um, and I think that's quite a nice mm. aspect. Like the ring does some has a different power depending mm. on who's got it, and. I did really like this Ring of Shadows um, mechanic and then the other thing.
1: The Randonomicon. So, for example, when you go to the First Bank of Arkham and you're going to try and get some money, you draw a card to see how many bills that that you get. And there are a couple there that are zeros, and the rest are cards between one and four. Uh, The same it goes for when you are... Um, Trying to gain muscle at the police station for for, for for knowledge. You draw and see how much you get. Uh, and yeah. at Minnie's Roadhouse as well. When you are either gaining uh, x amount of knowledge for a bill or x amount of bills for a knowledge, again you draw and see what you get. Some of the cards that you can draw will allow you to redraw if you get a, a zero. Some of the assets. Assets, yeah. That's yeah. Just an extra ability. Other things that come into play. If there is corruption on a on a location and you try to use. Uh, that location's ability these cards also have success and failure on them in the middle section of the card so you can you have to see if you're able to use that ability because there's corruption there because the you know the courtist might stop you um, and finally there are various effects that the shadow threat will say to do like uh, this location will get madness this location gets corruption etc and to find out where that location is going to be you draw, and at the bottom of these randomomicon cards is a location. So you've got three different uses for these, and it's quite an interesting little mechanic having all that taken care of by the randomomicon. Basically,
0: anything deck. that's going to be random, you mm. draw from the randomomicon, and I think that's a lot more interesting than dice because um, it just seems a bit more thematic. So mm. yeah, I think that's uh, that's an aspect that I quite like as well.
1: So as I say, as a as a light game. I enjoyed this. I will happily play this again. I, I could take it with me and play it solo somewhere. If you have a big table. There are much better Lovecraft games out there, though, um, and but a lot of those will take you a lot longer to play. And you need other people to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I think this. I can play. We can play this quick. Uh, it will probably take us longer to play this than it would to play uh, Pandemic Cthulhu. Pandemic Reign of Cthulhu, Um, and arguably in some ways, I'd probably enjoy Reign of Cthulhu more. I think. Would you? Um, But this one, it's quite small and travel-sized, and I can play it solo. So again, it gives me more options.
0: Yeah, well, as as a small game, I was very surprised Mm. about how much depth it had, really, Um, because like the theme is very strong, and there is a lot for you to actually do and kind of like decide on while you're playing it using the teamwork so yeah Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised by this game
1: we're recommending this one I think Shadow of the Elder Gods by Laboratory Games play it or Cthulhu will eat your bike (laughs) oh no farewell
0: Questa to find out about other productions by the Middlesome Meeples then check out our channel or rendezvous with us at meddlesomeeples.com. Until next time, Questa, farewell, and keep thine axe sharp.